0: start looking at the armor of God there just before Christmas and you know we've looked at, 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 at we've looked at one part of the armor but we spent a bit of time looking at the enemy and stuff like that how they you know we wrestle not against flesh and blood and all of those kind of things we face the enemy but thank God Jesus has already won and his victory is our victory and he has given us armor to stand in so that we can stand against the wiles of the devil so we can stand against the attacks of the devil and so the devil may come, but thank God we're, we have armor, amen, that protects us. And so we started looking at the armor, and let me just read, you know, just read the armor part out this evening. Let me just look in Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 13, and it says here, wherefore take unto you the whole armor of God, that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, and happened done all to stand. Stand. The armor protects you against the evil day. You know, when the devil comes full throttle on you, there's times whenever, you know, just a suddenly happens or something like that. The armor of God protects you in that situation. And so thank God you know you're you're when you stand in the armor of God, when things come, you you you're standing in the Lord Jesus Christ. And so, praise God, you're standing in the armor that will put you over the other side. Amen. You know what, you'll come out better than you went in. Amen. So it's saying here, um, stand therefore having your loins geared about with truth. And so we looked at truth for a while and the importance of um, uh, um, the belt of truth and how that's the foundational piece. And we build off of that. Thank God. You know, we we said that statement, you know, and that's the truth. And so when you see something in the word of God, don't let anybody water down what God's word says. If God says it, that settles it. Amen. Amen. God says it, that settles it. It's already been settled, okay? But we need to then take the truth and then apply it in our life. And you know what? When God says something, we need to get an agreement with it. Amen? And we we put on that belt of truth, praise God. And we've seen that that is a freedom belt. It sets us free. It keeps us free as well. And then we started looking the last time we were looking at and an having on the breastplate of righteousness. So we started looking at righteousness. Let me just read this through for a moment. And feet featured with the preparation of the gospel of peace and above all taking the shield of faith wherewith we shall be able to quench, look again, all the fiery darts of the wicked. And take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. And then it lets us know that praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit and watching, they're on to with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. Amen. But. The Bible talks there about the breastplate of righteousness. And, and just before we ended at Christmas there, we looked at the breastplate. I have a couple of pictures up here again of just showing you the breastplate. You know, it, You know when I talked about the, the Roman soldier, you know, we can just take this as a picture form that helps us. But, you know, the Roman soldier wore that breastplate. It protected the vital organs. Um, and you can see that the way they had it was with the layers on it and stuff like that. I also used that image up there as well of of people who drive like um, scramblers and stuff like that there, where they use that protection as well. It's the same thing. It's just showing that same image where it protects your your vital organs, okay? And so thank God when we understand that we're the righteousness of God, it protects you in your core identity. Who you are is really what we're looking at there. We are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Amen? And as a Christian, you have to have that revelation. If you don't have that revelation, the, de- the devil just run right over the top of you. Because you will see yourself as an old unworthy sinner, saved by grace. And that sounds great, but it's actually not the truth. Amen. Amen. It sounds humble, but it's not the truth. We were sinners. But once you received Jesus, there was a transformation. And you're no longer a sinner. How can you be a new creature in Christ Jesus and still be the same old creature in nature, okay? Now, there's the outward change in our lives, but I'm talking about your identity is how God sees you. He sees you in the Spirit. And in the spirit, when you get saved, you are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. And we looked out at that righteousness, it is not something that we earned. There's no pride in saying you're the righteousness of God. It is not a prideful thing, it is an awareness of who God has made us. He gets all the glory. You're the righteousness of God, we're in. Christ, the only way you're righteous, because you got saved. when you got saved, you're now in Christ. Amen. Amen. Before you were saved, you were in Adam. You took your identity from Adam. It didn't matter how much you had. It didn't matter, you know what, what color your skin was. It didn't matter your education, what side of the tracks you were on. When you take it all back to the core, you came from Adam and you were a sinner identified in Adam. Romans chapter 5 says it was one man's disobedience that made us all a sinner. You weren't a sinner because of your badness. You were a sinner because of Adam. Amen. Amen. Nothing to do with your performance it had to do with Adam. And because we all came from Adam, then we all were sinners. But thank God for the Savior who came. Amen. And Jesus came, and he didn't come um, through Adam's line as a, as a, as a sinner. Amen. He came through the virgin birth. And praise God, because he came through the virgin birth, then he came sinless into this world. And John the Baptist was able to say, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. And because Jesus died for us, praise God, his precious blood forgave us. Amen. And we weren't redeemed. We were corruptible things as silver and gold. We were redeemed by the precious blood of Jesus. And when you made Jesus the Lord and Savior for your life, there's a nature change that takes place. So now you're not in Adam anymore. Thank God you're identified in Christ. You can only be identified in either Adam or you can be identified in Christ. Thank God we're identified in Christ. Amen. And that's why it's so important to take on that whole new identity. You have to take on your identity. I've shared it before where I've talked about how that whenever um, people go into the witness protection agency, you know, when they go into that witness protection agency, they have to take on the mindset of their new identity. So they can't live out of their own identity because it will leave them vulnerable. If you start talking about, you know, who you used to be, Do you know what I mean? As in your identity. Now, for us as believers, we can use our testimony to relate to people, but you are not that person anymore, okay? But when someone goes into the witness protection agency, if they start taking their identity from who they used to be, they leave themselves vulnerable. And I'm telling you for us, if you take your identity from Adam, let me tell you, the devil just runs right over the top of you. Because in Adam, you're condemned. Because in Adam, you know, you were a sinner. You were full of shame and guilt and all of those kind of things. There's an, aware, there's an awareness of sin in Adam. But when you stand in who you are in Christ Jesus, there's an awareness of righteousness. Amen. It all dep- depends where you use. Even though if you're, you're saved, you are in Christ. But you can still have Adam's thinking. You understand? You can still have Adam's awareness. You can still be conscious. And a lot of people are more conscious of sin than they are, are, are of righteousness. Yeah. And as a result, they end up beat down. Yeah. And as a result, they have a, yeah. a woe is me mentality, an unworthy mentality. Yeah. Now, people say, You think you're worthy? And we're not worthy in ourselves. We, we stand in righteousness that we did not deserve. But here's the good news. It was given to you by the grace of God. Amen. So even though you don't deserve it, you still have it. You still are righteous. That's why we can't take any credit. It's always praise. When you know your identity in Christ Jesus, it'll make a praiser out of you. Because you know you didn't get yourself there. He did. Amen. So we don't need to have that un- unworthy, beat down, poverty, low talking, attitude in life we don't need to be that but we need to be someone who knows who we are in Christ we need to talk from the position of seated far above amen in Christ Jesus that's the way we need to talk our mouths should should line up with our new position of who we are in Christ Jesus it's not arrogance it's it's just knowing who you are we we'll have to have that confidence in Christ. It's like I was saying um, just before we, we finished up over Christmas talking in this. I said when Tyler was a wee lad, he loved dressing up as superheroes. And when he would put on, you know, Captain America, I mean, his whole attitude changed. He, once he put that on and put down the thing over his eyes and, and he took out that shield. I mean, he, he thought he was Captain America. Because he changed. Everything changed in him. Let me tell you, when you put on the armor of God, everything changes as well. When you stand in righteousness, everything changes now. It's like when you come up against the enemy, it's like Clint Eastwood spirit comes upon you. You know, it's like, you know, um, this town's not big enough for the both of us kind of an attitude. And when the dust settles, haven't done all the stand, I'm going to be standing at the end whenever I come out of this. Why? That's, that's, a, that's what the armor of God does for us. So we stand in who we are in Christ Jesus. Too many Christians stand in Adam and it's this really pathetic, down at the mouth, attitude of war was me." But I tell you, when you stand in Christ, you stand in your new identity. We are new creatures in Christ Jesus. Amen. And thank God for it. You know, it was, we, it was his righteousness. It's a gift of righteousness. Amen. Um, Jesus is our righteousness. The Bible lets us know, but it's because of Christ that we are righteous. Let me just look forward there for a moment to Ephesians. Just so you come to Ephesians chapter 4. There's only a couple of scriptures forward. And it let's us know here, In Ephesians 4 and verse 24, it says, and that you put on the new man. When you get saved, you're already the new man, but you have to put it on. Okay? Just like Tyler put on Captain America or Spider-Man, whoever ever, <laughs> it was, the Hulk or whatever, he put that on. Let me tell you, we put on righteousness. Amen? So we are to put that on. So put on the new man. Look at that. The new man which... Is Okay. Is is present tense. Okay. So the new man is created in righteousness and true holiness. Okay. You're not trying to be righteous when you get saved. Now you can live a more righteous life outwardly. An outward life of righteousness. But inwardly in your position, you can't get any more righteous than you are. Do you know why? Because your righteousness is the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Amen. For a Christian to call themselves an old unworthy sinner after getting saved really is a dishonor to the blood of Jesus. People do it ignorantly, do that. They're not being their heart is right in what they say, and not, not run people down because people. There's a lot of people who love God with all of their heart. It's just it can be a lack of understanding. But really, when you do understand, I couldn't say that because I understand that I'm to put on the new man, which is already created in righteousness and true holiness. I am a new creation. I'm not the same person I used to be. Outwardly, I didn't change any. When I got saved, I still had my big hoop earrings in. Still had my curtains. I used to have the hair down here. Still had the step in. Still had all of those things, had on my caterpillar boots, had on my, we used to wear second-hand jeans out of American madness in Belfast. You know, imagine buying second-hand jeans. I had on my, at that time I used to wear this wee pure coat, which was like, you know, it was all these designer things in the rave scene. I didn't change anything, any, when you looked in the mirror, it didn't change, okay? But I did change. I got down at the side of my bed a sinner. I got up the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus when I made Jesus the Lord and Savior of my life. Amen. I as where I got saved. I just got down at the side of my bed. I made Jesus my Lord and Savior. Personal. I believed in my heart. Confessed him as my Lord and Savior. And I got up from there, the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Let me tell you, I was as righteous as I will ever be that moment I made Jesus the Lord and Savior for my life. And you, the moment you made Jesus Christ the Lord and Savior for your life, you're as righteous as you will ever be. Amen. Throughout all of eternity in your spirit. Praise God. That's a, that's a wonderful revelation. Let me tell you, we spend our Christian life now with our brain trying to catch up with what took place on the inside of us. That's why you have to renew your mind to your new identity. Amen. And we stop talking like we're an Adam, and we start talking like we're in Christ. Praise God. Amen. Um, and as the Bible says, "As a man thinks in his heart, so." is he? Proverbs chapter 23 and verse 7. So as you think, you start becoming outwardly. That's how you you put on that. What are you doing? You're putting the mindset on. You're putting the awareness on of who you now are. Amen? Let me tell you, going into 2024, go through 2024 with knowing who you are in Christ Jesus. Don't live your life from an from Adam's thinking, live your life from Christ's thinking. Amen. We have the mind of Christ. Praise God, not the mind of, of Adam. Amen. Now, let me just show this as well for a second. Because this really is the crunch of it for so many of us as, as belie- for, uh, for us as believers, so many people, so many Christians that they, they don't have an awareness of righteousness. Okay? They still have a sin consciousness. Still live with sin on their brain. They just live, just thinking sin all the time. Sin, 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 sin. Do you know whatever you think of, you you take on the mindset of that. Thinking on sin all the time does not set you free from sin. You understand? It doesn't set you free in life. Taking on your identity sets you free in life. Look, I always use the illustration of my cousin when she got married. I can remember watching her that day in the white dress. And I can remember, you know, the, you know, the way they do it now. They have the chocolate fountains and you stick in the marshmallow. And you have all of these finger things. And, but you know what? It's amazing when she's standing in that white dress. It is amazing how she protected herself from, from dirty hands of the kids. You know, all of those kind of things. Because she, she knew she was the bride. But you know what? If she would have been wearing, you know, a dirty pair of overalls or something, she wouldn't have minded who was touching her. Do you know what I mean? Or if she was baking or whatever and she was covered already in bits of dirt and cho- chocolate. Or not dirt like, but chocolate and <laughs> you don't want to be eating those buns. But do you know what? Covered in flour and, you know, jam and everything. Well then, you are already see yourself, you know, so to speak, dirty. So you don't mind getting dirt all over you. But when she was seeing herself white already to start with, then it's amazing how you protect yourself from stuff. Let me tell you, when you know you're the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus, let me tell you, you start to protect yourself because you know who you are. You're living out of an identity. Amen? People try to clean people up by just preaching on sin. No, preach identity. When people get a revelation of who they are, they change how they live outwardly. Amen? You're a, you're a, you're a child of God. You're a ki- you're a king, amen. A king and a priest, unto your God. You're not you're not just some common person, amen. We're, we're not you know we're not foreigners in God's kingdom. We're citizens in God's kingdom. We're ambassadors for the kingdom of God. When you get that mindset, I'm the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. You start to change the way you live. And it's, it's because you've, you've got the Holy Spirit now working in and through you as you take on that identity. You, you start seeing yourself. I'm the temple of the Holy Ghost. Amen. It's, it's, a, it's an attitude. Righteousness gives you an amazing attitude, but, it, but you have to have the consciousness of it. Do you see, for the children of Israel in the Old Testament, they lived under animal sacrifices. Okay? And... All of those animal sacrifices for, like, during the law of 1500 years, all of them animal sacrifices couldn't save them. And they lived with the yearly sacrifice, but also the daily sacrifices. And the blood of all of those animals couldn't save them. I mean, they were aware of blood. And blood stinks, you know. And they were aware of, of blood and. You know, sin offerings. and It just, there were a whir of blood covering sin, covering sin, covering sin, but it never done the job. Mm-hmm. And in Hebrews 9 and verse 8, it's, it's letting us know here, it's starting to show the difference of Jesus here and Jesus' blood. But it says, The Holy Ghost signifying that the way into the holiest of all was not yet made manifest. While the first tabernacle was yet standing, there was always that distance between man and God. Which was a figure of the time then present. In which were offered both um, gifts and sacrifices. Look at that. That could not make. Look at that. All of those sacrifices. All of that blood. Couldn't make him that did the service perfect. Couldn't save you. As pertaining to what? The conscience. Amen. You had awareness. You still had that sin on the conscience because you knew when I kill this animal, I'll be back again tomorrow. I'll be back again the next day or whatever. Do you know what I mean? And then with the year of atonement, you knew that was great. All the sin covered, but we know we'll be back at the same place next year. It was continual sacrifices. So you never had the awareness that sin was ever dealt with. Because I know I'll be back again tomorrow. It's like hoover in the house. You know you're not going to hoover at once, and that's it. I know after Christmas, the decorations come down and all, you, you hoover up, you get everything tidy, everything in place. That's not going to last long. You don't put your hoover in the bin and say, that's it, all the cleaning products in the bin. Thank God, that's it, it's clean. No, you know dust keeps coming. You know that you're aware of that. Even though Donna, she likes things clean. But you know what? No matter how much she cleans, it's back again. No matter how much you get the spider webs off the window, you know what? They just keep shooting and they'll have more spider webs again. It's that continual mindset, okay? Verse 14, it says, how much more, look at this here, shall the blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit offered himself without spot to God, purge your conscience from dead works so that you can want, serve the living God, amen, free from the awareness of sin. How much more shall the blood of Christ? Look, there was a temporary thing with the blood of animals, but the blood of Jesus did the permanent thing. It made you perfect. We're not perfect outwardly. One day we'll have a new body and we'll know him even as we're known. But we are new creatures in Christ Jesus. We are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Amen in our spirit. When it talks here about purge, you know, there's two meanings of purge. One meaning is like, you know, where you can trim back. You no, know, like if you purge a vine, you trim it back. Another meaning of purge is where you wipe clean. Okay, we're like where you purge, like the house of leaven, okay, where it is wiped clean. Let me tell you, when Jesus' blood saved us, it wiped us clean. I mean clean. I mean, it is... Like when I think, because I know how much Donna clean, clean. Donna likes things clean, I always think of Donna clean. You know what I mean? But Jesus clean was even better. Because it's clean forever. Amen? Praise God. Hebrews 10 verse 1. It says here for the law having a shadow of good things to come. And not the very image of those things. Look at that. Can never with those sacrifices. Look at that which they offered year by year. Look at that word continually. And if you read in chapter 10. It lets you know about the yearly sacrifices. But also the daily sacrifices. Okay. It can never make the comer perfect. But look at verse 2. For then would they have ceased to be what? Offered. If you could do a one clean and it was clean, clean. And it was dealt with. You know what? You could, you could put away the hoover, so to speak. You, could, you wouldn't need to buy a duster. You wouldn't need to buy any cleaning products anymore. Do you know why? It's dealt with. For then would they not have ceased to be offered. Okay? Because the worshiper. Look at that. Once. Purged Many times? Once. Many times do you have to be purged of your sin? Once. Not twice. Not three times. One time. Amen? Once. When you get a revelation of that, then it says here that so that you would have no more conscience of what? Sins. You don't need to have a sin on your brain. Christians live with sin on their brain instead of living with the awareness of righteousness. That I'm not in Adam a sinner. I'm in Christ the righteousness of God. You, Amen. We need to take that awareness on. I, I love, I love the, chapter 10. It's just amazing. Verse 12 it says, But this man, talking about Jesus, after he had offered one sacrifice for sins for how long? Forever. Forever. When you receive the one sacrifice of sin, it is for ever. It is not till the next time you sin, outwardly. Once you receive Jesus, it is one sacrifice for sin for ever. Amen? And what did Jesus do then after that? He sat down. Do you know what we need to do as a Christian? You need to sit down and know I'm saved. Amen? I'm saved and I know that I am. Amen? I'm forgiven and I know that I am. Because I've had that one sacrifice for sin forever, praise God, received in my life. And therefore, I am saved by that one sacrifice for sin forever. Amen? What do you do after that? Take a seat. Amen? You rest in it. Amen? You rest in that. That's a fixed position. But then in life, you put on that identity from that position and you live out of that in your life, but you stay rested as an I'm seated in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. I'm a child of God. Amen. But therefore then because I know that, I know I'm forgiven. I know I'm a child of God. I know I'm the righteousness of God. Then I can stand against the wiles of the devil. Amen. So the devil then can't come against you and start pointing out all of your failures, your faults, and all of your shame and all of that guilt and all of that kind of stuff. And then what he'll do is just run over the top of you because condemnation is the biggest killer. Most Christians are defeated because of condemnation, guilt, and shame because they do not know who they are in Christ Jesus. They feel God doesn't love me. That that thinking needs drop kicked out of your life. Amen? God doesn't love us. Jesus shed his blood for us. Amen? Amen? Redeemed us. Verse 14, it says, For by one offering he has perfected ever, amen, them that are sanctified. That's not outward sanctification. That's sanctified because you got saved and washed in the blood of Jesus. Amen. It's positional. We're off, the Holy, uh, we're, we're off the Holy Ghost also as witness to us. For after that, he, he said before, This is the covenant. That I will make with them after those days, saith the Lord, I'll put my laws into their heart and into their mind will I write them. In other words, you'll live from the inside out. And then you'll have a heart that wants to serve God. Praise God. And look at that. Under sins and iniquities, I will remember what? No more. Who reminds us of sin? The accuser of the brethren. Or we have a mind that remembers, and we can condemn ourselves. Or you can have other people who can remind you of everything that you've done wrong in life. Okay, you can have yes, that happens. There's people can do it, but you know what? And again, many times it's people do it because of a lack of knowledge. It's it's Old Testament thinking. Whereas this is the new covenant thinking. It's a new agreement with God because of Jesus' blood. Look what it says in verse 18. It says, Now, where remission of these is, there is what? No more offering for sin. Once you get saved, you don't need another offering. Why? Because you're once purged forever. If you can do one clean that did the job, It doesn't need to be done again. But what we need to do is we need to filter the blood of Jesus through our consciousness so that we are aware of how amazing the blood of Jesus is and what the blood of Jesus accomplished for us. Amen? We are washed, but we need the awareness of it in our mind. Amen? And that's how you put on this this breastplate is where you become aware of what Jesus has done for us, you become aware of the blood of Jesus. You become aware of that it washed us whiter than snow. And we stop living with sin on our consciousness. Amen. Now, here's a couple of things that I just want to bring out for a moment. On putting on this breastplate. Because how does it affect you? How does it affect your life? Okay. Let me just, a couple of things. I've said this already. But the first one is, it protects you from condemnation. And the accusations of the devil, okay? And from people as well. But we're looking about, about how does this armor affect you in standing against the wiles of the devil? Here's the tactic of the devil. Something happens in your life and the devil comes and tells you that's because of something you did five years ago. Yeah. That's because of a sin you did. That's because of what you said. You're beat. You're beat if you go down that line. Let me tell you, you're righteous not because of how good you are. You're righteous because of how good he is. Amen. Amen. To come and pay the price for us. And he who knew no sin was made to be sin for us. What, a, what an exchange. What a swap that he took our sin and gave us his righteousness. See, when you stand in righteousness, you're not standing in righteous because of any performance. Any You cannot take that attitude on when you stand in the armor of God, you can't go back looking at things that you have done. You're forgiven of that. Amen. The only way that has power in your life is whenever you start living there in your mind. Amen? Now, am I saying that, you know, if somebody does things, there's not consequences. Yes, there's consequences to sin out in life, okay? And there is consequences. You know, if somebody goes and, you know, cheats on their wife or something, you know, it's gonna, that's not going to be a happy homecoming home to you. There's going to be things that aren't need to be worked out there if they can be worked out. you understand? There's consequences to sin. But here's the thing, that's your own doing, okay? That's your own doing in life. But here's the thing, God's not holding anything against us. God's not out to get us because of something that we did. You're not underneath the judgment of God once you're saved. Amen? The Bible says you're not condemned. Once you believe on Jesus, you pass from condemnation and you go from death to life. Amen? Jesus didn't come to condemn the world. Jesus came to save the world. But yes, in our own lives, we can do things. But thank God, even in not there, you know, if you turn to God, there's grace and mercy in God. But what I'm saying is the devil brings accusations. You need to say, I'm the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Amen? Condemnation means not fit for use. And when something's not fit for use, I'm telling you, it has to come down. Like we were up ministering in Freedom Life on Sunday there up in Besbrook. And there was a fire just straight across the road from it. I know it was on TV and stuff this fire. But I'm telling you, when we pulled in, actually myself and Melvin pulled in the other day. You want to see the steelwork there? The, the steel is like bent over like this big building put up with steel. Yeah. And you know what? That whole thing is condemned. And it all has to come down why? It's not fit for use anymore. Let me tell you, if you let condemnation in, what happens is you live your life feeling you are not fit for purpose. And so that's where the devil comes out, beat down him. No, but when you know you're the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus, you know what in myself I'm not, but in Him I am. He made me righteous, amen. Condemnation leaves you with a sense of judgment. Romans 8 and verse 1, it says, Now there is now for no condemnation to them who were in Christ. When you're in Christ, there's no condemnation. Why? Because if you keep reading her, you will see that Jesus condemned sin in the flesh. Jesus condemned sin so that you could live in righteousness so that you could live with the awareness that you're not under condemnation anymore. Praise God. Amen. (laughs) Romans 8 and verse 33 is His, Who shall lay anything to the charge of God's elect? It is God that justifies. Who is He that condemns? It is Christ that died, yet rather is risen. Who is even at the right hand of God, who ever lives to make intercession for us. Who can point a finger at you after you have been washed in the blood of Jesus? After you have been saved, justified. Justified means just as if I had never sinned. It's a a legal term where God, like so to speak, slapped down the hammer in the highest court and closed it and said, justified. After that, it doesn't matter what accusation comes because you have been justified. Before God, you are justified doesn't matter what the devil, it doesn't matter what anybody in a courtroom shouts out after the sentence is passed. Amen. It's done. Let me tell you, God justified you. What did you do for that? Nothing. Apart from receive Jesus. So People go, I'm not justified. I messed up last week. That's nothing got to do with it. When I got saved, getting down at the side of my bed, Making Jesus the Lord and Savior for my life, receiving His blood shed for me. His sacrifice, not the sacrifice of animals, His sacrifice for me. At that moment, I was justified, declared righteous. Amen. Praise God. At that moment, it had nothing to do with anything I had done, it had to do with the gift of righteousness same for all of us amen so let me say this here 2023 any failure shame guilt condemnation leave it all in the past amen why because that's not who you are you are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus take on the consciousness of that here's the second thing Righteousness, it makes you bold. When you put on righteousness, just like Tyler putting on Captain America, next thing he thought he could take on the world. Let me tell you, when you put on the righteousness of God, you stand in the boldness of Jesus Christ. You go and look at Jesus. Jesus was fearless. And you're standing in his righteousness, he was fearless. He spoke to things. Amen. He spoke to sickness. He spoke to problems. I mean, Jesus was bold. And the Bible lets us know that in Proverbs 28, verse 1, it says, The wicked flee when no man pursues. Nobody's even coming. But the righteous are what? As bold as a lion. I always say, not as timid as a mouse. Sin consciousness will make you as timid as a mouse. Righteousness will make you as bold as a lion. And when you roar, it's the roar of Jesus, the lion of the tribe of Judah, through you because you stand in his righteousness. Satan comes around as a roaring lion. He may roar, but when you know who you are in Christ Jesus, you roar back. Amen. You stand in the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. I'm telling you, there is some difference between somebody standing in a lion suit, and then Aslan, you know out of Narnia, roaring. There is some difference. Let me tell you, when the devil comes as a lion, dressed up in a lion suit, let me tell you, you stand up, and in the righteousness of Jesus Christ, and you roar. Amen. You stand in who you are in Christ Jesus. You say, who do you think you are dealing with? I'm a child of the living God. I'm an ambassador for the kingdom of God. And the kingdom of God backs me. Amen. I have angels operating for me. Amen. You need to know who you are in Christ. Praise God. Righteousness will make you bold against the enemy. But it will also make you bold in how you approach God. Not arrogant. People mistake boldness for arrogance. Boldness is knowing who you are in Christ. Amen. Look, when I, when I, on the weekend they up in up in Freedom Life. There's two, two guys give their life to the Lord in the service. Both of them boxers. Both of them, not just boxers, but champion boxers. They were, they, they were belt holders who had been, you know, they weren't, they're not boxing. They're, you know, they're, they're older now. They're a bit older. Not old. Like one of the guys is involved in training people now. But give their lives to the Lord. And I was talking to him about, you know, the boxing mindset and stepping into the ring. And one of the things the guy said to me, he says, he says, you have to get into that ring confident. He says, because if you get in there with that other boxer in your mind, you're vulnerable. You have to get in like you believe that nobody can stop you in that ring. That's confidence. That's boldness. It's not arrogance. And he said those words to me. He says, you, you're not being pr- if you get in there cocky and pr- prideful, you're also vulnerable. You need to get in confident in your ability. Well, let me tell you, the Bible tells us when this, in this fight, we're not to stand in our ability. We stand in His ability. Be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. How do you do that? You put on the armor. And you put on that righteousness that is a gift. Praise God. Amen. There's a boldness that comes. Look at Peter. Bold after the day of Pentecost, Amen. A different man, but but righteousness allows us um, to come before um, God and boldly. To where you don't come before God like this. That's what sin will do. Sin consciousness will leave you feeling dirty, unworthy, unclean, coming before God. Righteousness comes in honoring the blood of Jesus and thanking you. Thank you, Father, that because of Jesus, one time sacrifice for sin for all. Thank you. I'm righteous. Amen. And I'm in the new covenant where my sins and iniquities you remember no more. Amen. What does that do? That causes you to come boldly, not arrogant, boldly. But God, I thank you that your word says, amen, whatsoever I ask, amen, in Jesus' name. It's mine. Praise God, I thank you for it. All the promises of God are yes and amen. You talk to God differently because you know what his word says. You take God at his word. You stop coming in this false humility. You know, like, like a beggar. Let me tell you, we are not beggars. We don't come before God Like um, Oliver Twist, please, sir, can I have some more? We come before God and we take a seat at the table. Amen. Just like Mephibosheth was able to come to David's table and take a seat. We come before God and we take a seat at the table. Because righteousness gives you that ability to come before the presence of God without the sense of inferiority or guilt. Amen? To where you can run into the presence of God. Not like in the Old Testament, where there was a a divide, where only some could go into the Holy of Holies. Let me tell you, in the New Covenant, we can run right into the presence of God 24-7. Amen? As it says here, let us come therefore boldly to the throne of grace. Amen? to the throne of grace expecting unmerited favor. Expecting the favor of God. Amen. That we may obtain mercy. If you mess up in an area in your life, thank God you receive God's mercy into that. Praise God. God God is an amazing way of fixing even things that we messed up. Receive God into it. God, I got it wrong in that area. Look at, what, look at the damage that I've done, Lord. I receive your mercy into that situation. Help me in that relationship, God. I, I got it wrong. Help me when I go to that person, Lord, that it get, gets sorted. Amen? Because, God, I, I'm, not, I'm not perfect outwardly. I do things. I say things. I make mistakes. I, I get things wrong. But you know what? God wants to get involved in that. And you can come boldly and receive mercy into that situation. Amen? You can see receive His unmerited favor into your life as well. You find grace to what? To help in a time of need. Anytime we face a time of need, there is grace and mercy to help in a time of need. Amen? Let me tell you, God's grace, God's free favors will be coming to your life 24-7. Amen? Throughout this year. Faith allows us to receive. Amen. But we have to have that awareness. Because you'll not receive from God if you think God's against you. Or if you think God's dealing with you based on how good you are. No, he's dealing with you because of you're in Christ. Amen. You take on that identity, it'll start changing you outwardly as well. Amen. And I'm, I'm not going to re- get into this here, but the next thing I want to look at when we come back is this. Righteousness gives you the ability to reign in life. You are a king. Amen. Amen. Kings don't live on burly Get By Street. Amen. Kings don't live with a beat down attitude. Let me tell you, kings live well. Kings decree, as the book of Job says, and it'll be established. Kings speak and declare. That comes out of righteousness. Amen. Kings go to war. Now, for us, we the victory's won. We our only fight is the fight of faith. And kings enjoy the spoils. Well, let me tell you, Jesus won, and His victory is our victory. We get to enjoy the spoils of His victory. But in life, you have to fight the good fight of faith to walk in that. Amen. God wants us to rule and reign in life. And the only way you can do that in life is through the abundance of grace and of what? The gift That word gift is essential there. The gift of righteousness. The moment you start thinking, "Oh, God wouldn't do that for me because of how bad I've been or because I failed in that area, because I lost my temper there, you know, I shouldn't have said that. You start putting the focus on your behavior, you will miss out. But the moment you say, I rule and reign in life because of one Christ, Jesus. Amen. I rule and reign in life because of the gift of righteousness. It's the gift of righteousness. Amen? It's the awareness of the gift. You hold fast to the gift of righteousness. Amen? And what happens? We reign in life. Praise God. God wants us to reign in life. Amen? When you reign in life, the devil doesn't. Amen? You don't give place to the devil anymore. Praise God. Because when you rule and reign in life, he doesn't. And it all comes down to The gift of righteousness again. It's putting on that breastplate. Amen. I want to rule and reign this year more than I've ever done in life. Amen. Amen. I want to rule and reign. There are some areas in my life that I tell you, I'm just going to tell you, I'm fed up with. Amen. I mean, I am fed up. Fed up with. Absolutely. I mean, fed up with. And sometimes you have to get to that place. Because then you, you realize, praise God, I don't want to be there anymore. Amen. There are some places are done with in my life. I'm not being there anymore. Amen. But what will get me to where I need to be and what will get you to where you need to be is putting on righteousness. Putting it on. I live in the awareness of that. But sometimes there's some areas in my life I haven't been intentional as much as I should be. I'm not saying I don't, but there's some areas. Sometimes you get to a place where, um, I don't like using the word, you know, sick. I don't like using the word sick. i fed up with sick. But that terminology we understand. Sometimes you get sick and tired of being sick and tired. You understand that kind of mindset. I'll have to find better terminology for that. But sometimes you get fed up to the place of, I'm not, that's not who I am. I'm not being there anymore. Amen. I'm a king. Amen. And I'm meant to rule and reign over that. So then you go, how do I do that? The only way you can do it is from receiving abundance of grace. Amen. And the gift of righteousness. Elevate the righteousness of God in your life. Not your behavior. His righteousness. The gift of righteousness. Amen. Praise God. Amen. We'll we'll close there this evening. Amen.